I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. Hey, how you doing, Gary Jr.? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. So we are in the midst of, well, football season and basketball all-star game is coming up, Gary. And uh, But, you know, I don't want to talk about that right now. Let's talk about a little politics. You know, we haven't done that in a while, Gary. You know, maybe if you have a question or two about politics. And uh, if we have time, we'll, we'll do some sports, too. You know, we can get that in potentially. We'll, we'll see. Well, yeah, um, you know, I'm happy that we're actually talking about politics again because I do have some questions because a lot of big things have been going on. And yeah. the first thing is, is uh, you know, that I want to touch on is the speaker's race. We finally have a speaker. <laughs> do you have anything that you want to say about it? <laughs> well, Gary, I tell you, it, it, it went on for like four days. You know, it's the first time in 100 years. I mean, exactly 100 years. 1923, since we had multiple ballots to elect a speaker. Now, usually it's pretty simple, Gary. Usually the party and the majority, they go to their conferences, caucuses. In other words, they meet as a, as a group. All the Republicans meet as a group. If the Democrats are in control, all the Democrats be in the group. And they come out with a person who they agree, they being within their conference, should be speaker. And that's it. Sometimes that's very contentious. It can be very contentious. It's never unanimous. And you can have a situation where, the, the you know, one guy gets 80% of the vote, but one guy gets 20% of the vote. But when you come out to the House floor on the first day of the session, the party sticks together and they select the person that the conference decided on to be Speaker of the House. Uh, didn't happen this time. So, I mean, it did, but it didn't. And if you have any problems, you get it all worked out before the cameras and the lights are on. You get it worked out in the, the latter part of November. You get it worked out in December. You don't wait until this. Oh, it was a mess from that perspective. And Gary, I, I tell you, at one time I thought that the Republican Party was they're going to truly shoot themselves in the foot. And I, I could tell by the glee on the faces of the reporters day after day that they were loving it. And I said, That's, this is not going well. But when all was said and done, Gary, all that counts is what the, how, the, how the story ended. And yes, there was four ballots. And quite frankly, Gary, there's something that was very historic that happened. You had a, you had a black person running as the top person for the minority party that being the Democrat Party in this case, that being Hakeem Jeffries, an election denier. Um, yeah, Democrats were the originators of that term. Um, not the term, but of the, of the practice and so many members of the Black Caucus never, 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 when I say never, acknowledged a Republican president in the 21st century. Yeah, I mean that. Never acknowledged them. Some of them didn't even go to the swearing-in ceremony, inauguration, I should say. That's beside Hakeem Jeffries falls into that category. That's besides the, besides the point right now. He was being nominated to be the head of the Democrat Party and minority leader, as it would be called. And he was elected unanimously. But on the Republican side, you had a black individual from Michigan nominating McCarthy for Speaker of the House. But you also had another black guy who was actually accepting, the, trying to get 
that position as well. He was nominated for Speaker of the House, a gentleman from, from Florida. So he had a black who was nominating a black per, a, a, a white person for, for the leader of their respective parties, in the case of McCarthy. And you had another black who was being being nominated on the Democrat side, in the case of Hakeem Jeffries. And you had another black person who was being nominated by the fringe group within the Republican Party to receive the speaker's position. That never happened before. Bottom line, Republicans now have four black Republicans sitting in House of Representatives. Also, a high watermark since the, since the 19th century. And let's not forget Senator Tim Scott, who you worked for, Gary, in one summer. You know, bottom line of it is uh, moving in the right direction. Most proud of the fact that most of the members, most of the members who have been elected recently, even on the Democrat side, have been elected in majority white districts, something that I talked about like 30 years ago. It was talked about as being, oh, Gary Franklin not trying to help black people. He don't want black people in Congress. No, I wanted more black people in Congress. And guess what we have today? The most people of color who are black in Congress ever because they followed what I was talking about, not what, oh, you know, he's trying to hurt black people. And he just, I mean, I got attacked on the stairs of a, of a courthouse in Savannah, Georgia, by a state representative who happened to be black and happened to be the father of a sitting congresswoman because they thought that you had to pack all black people in one district in order to get a black person elected. And she's gone too. But bottom line of it is, Gary, it was a struggle. However, it worked out well. What the 20 people who consistently voted to select another person other than McCarthy, what they were fighting for more than anything else, they're talking about a lot of different things. But the main item on their agenda was a return to regular order, something that most of the members who are sitting in Congress today could only read about because they had no idea what it would be because they never had it for the last 25, 30 years. Since I left Congress, I never did it. And regular order is what our founding fathers wanted to have happen and what was happening for well over 200 years until the 21st century came in, into play. And then they got damn lazy. Well, let's take what we had before and we'll just continue it. What? We'll take what we had before and we'll continue it. It became known as the continuing resolution, which meant you just warm up the sausage. You already made the sausage last year. So you take it out, take the piece out, put it in the microwave and give it to the people again. <laughs> so it could not, could not be more stupid. And guess what? They did it year after year. In fact, Nancy Pelosi is the queen of that. No speaker did it longer and probably to a certain degree better than Nancy Pelosi over the last 25 years or so as she was speaker during a good portion of that period. So, that is what they were trying to eliminate, Gary. And yes, it does diminish the speaker. That's You know when they said that in the liberal media? They're right. But the speaker ain't supposed to be that strong. The speaker is not supposed to take, okay, everybody, don't do any work. Just give it all to me, and, and I'll give it to you when it's finished, and you just vote the way I tell you. That's not any fun. <laughs> who, who, wanted to, who wanted to go to Congress with that, knowing that that, that was the way it was going to operate? No. It's supposed to go to the committees. Committees and sub sends it to the subcommittees. Subcommittee person works on it. They work on it. They get input from both parties, get input from the general public. They work their way up. It goes to the full committee. Full committee does the same thing the subcommittees did. And then all of a sudden, you have a piece of legislation. That's not finished yet. Then it goes to the rules committee. The rules committee allows for everybody, everybody on the House, in the House of Representatives, 
to participate in that bill that was developed through the subcommittee committee level. So everybody can participate by offering what's known as an amendment. As long as it's germane and the rules committee would approve it, they can, de they can debate their idea for change in that bill on the House floor. <laughs> you know, what is criminal about that? What is bad about that? Nothing. It is great. That is, that is like fantastic. That is full participation of all members. You could be a junior member. You could be a sophomore member. It doesn't make any difference. You have full participation. You're all treated equal. Not, okay, guys, I just uh, you don't do anything. Just give me everything, and then what I'll do is put it all together. We'll have a continued resolution. I'll fix some things, put some things in here that I want to put in here. And then, by the bottom, bottom line, uh, I'm going to give you, like, two days to look at the whole 17,000-page paper, uh, Bill. And then if you don't like it, too bad. going to vote for it because then you'll read it and find out what's in it. That's what they were doing. That's what they were doing for 25 years. Insanity. And you wonder why I'm, <laughs> we are, we are, our debt is like thirty-one trillion dollars a month. So what do y'all get? That's all. That's the main thing that the twenty Republicans were fighting for. That's the main thing that they were fighting for, and they were also fighting for some type of sanity from fiscal sanity on our part, on the part of our federal government, and also to protect our borders because uh, the current administration doesn't have a clue or doesn't want to. I'm not sure which is which. Bottom line of it is there were good points that they were fighting for. So those 20 who fought and eventually 14 of them came the right way, six of them decided to vote present, which still allowed McCarthy to become speaker. It was a good fight. And it was something that it was good for the public to, um, to actually see. Because typically you don't see that. You don't, you don't see it. Because in the past, Gary, C-SPAN hasn't been allowed to really have their camera roam around. They have to keep it on this person who's at the podium, and that's it. Now, why do they do that? Because they didn't want people seeing see members of Congress pick their nose and scratch their butts. They didn't want to see that. And more importantly, they didn't want to see an empty chamber all the time. Because bottom line, most members are in their office looking at it on TV because they also have meetings with the constituents. They should. And they have committee meetings as well during the same time that votes are going on. Yeah, it's kind of chaotic. It's busy. If you do it the right way. If you do it, the, if you do it, okay, everyone just, let me do everything, give me everything, and then, you know, I'll put them all together, give you 17,000-page paper, a bill, and then you, uh, you know, I'll give you like two days of read 17,000 pages, and but I tell you, you got to vote the way I tell you to vote, and uh, that's it. They're not doing that anymore. So they're going to have to work their butts off, Gary, now that they're turning back to the way Congress used to work. So bottom line, bottom line, I'm very happy the way that it ended. And and the doom and gloom that the, that the Democrats are hoping for did not happen. The worst possible ending, Gary, would have been if the 20 people actually were successful in denying McCarthy the speakership. Because 20 is not a larger number than 202. So thank God that did not happen. Thank God that the 202 people that started with McCarthy at the beginning stayed with McCarthy all the way to the end. Because if they had gotten discouraged and or if there, there were any type of erosion, if that 202 went down to 185, the media would have gone crazy and the momentum, so to speak, would have gone in a direction in which McCarthy may have had the cave. And that would have been a disaster because 20 would have, Beaten 202. And it, no, well, 
I'll leave it right there because thank God that did not happen. It would have been bad for the country as well. It's not just for the Republican Party if something of that nature were seen live and in Colorado National TV for the world to see, quite frankly. So, bottom line, <laughs> all's well. That ends well. But these guys and these ladies are going to have to work their butts off. Oh, by the way, there are more Hispanics in the Republican caucus than ever before. And there are more women in the Republican caucus as than they ever were, were before. And as I said before, the number of Blacks, the highest since the 19th century with four. So, Dad, were there any other changes that you would like to make? Oh, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, these changes, you know, yeah. Okay. I answer your question. Yeah. Yes. There were, there were like two or three other changes, so to speak, but uh, they're kind of comical. Uh, uh, one is uh, the current Republican uh, speaker will not treat the members of Congress like they're a bunch of killers. In other words, the metal detectors, <laughs> the metal detectors have been removed. So now even former members can walk in without being being, uh, what are they, using that gun, that thing that they use to, to scan you to see if you have a really, um, it's totally, it's totally, totally ridiculous. And, and, oh, by the way, Chuck Schumer, the guy who was head of the Senate, never, ever, 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 ever thought about doing something that stupid. So they got rid of that. Second thing that they got rid of, that's also Chuck Schumer, would have never, ever, 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 ever done, would be, proxy voting on the House floor. So you had members of Congress for the last two years, Gary, voting in their pajamas. In fact, there was one guy who was actually seen, I'm sorry, he was voting in a, in a committee meeting, and he was literally in his underwear. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And on the House floor, you're supposed to be there to vote. You're not supposed to be somewhere in the Bahamas or whatever voting. Absolutely ridiculous. Everybody had a 100% voting record. I, I presume. How can you not have a 100% voting record? All you have to do is make sure your heart's beating and then tell someone how you want to vote so they vote for you on the floor. Gone. Okay? Gone. Gone. Hopefully never, ever, 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 ever to be seen again. Absolutely ridiculous. Two of the most. Oh, no, there's one more. There's one more. There is one more change. And this is a projected change. Never, ever, ever will a group of people who would go to the Capitol to protest at the Capitol be able to conduct a riot in the Capitol. <laughs> no, that won't happen again. That will not happen again. Speaker Pelosi, Mr. Speaker, she prevented one guy, one guy, one. When I say one, that's 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 one person who was coming down in a parachute because he was going to land at Washington National Stadium for you know, one of those stunt type things. She shut down the entire Capitol area because she has the power to do so. However, when two or 3,000 people, angry people, were walking to the Capitol and supposedly had some type of permit to walk the streets of Washington, D.C. as a group of 2,000 or more people, when they got to the Capitol, oh, it was all right. She stopped one person who was coming, who was dropping down in the helicopter from a parachute. She shut down the entire Capitol region. And 2,000, 3,000 people were walking as protesters. And she didn't do anything. She watched. 
mysterious to me, Gary. You know, <laughs> I don't hope anybody else. <laughs> How you you get it right with one person? And oh, by the way, they were wrong because the guy was just obviously landing at Washington National Stadium for some commercial purpose. And you got it, you got it wrong on the twenty five hundred three thousand optics wouldn't look good if we had protection. What <laughs> optics? Then why did you have protection, Mrs. Mr. Speaker, Madam Speaker? Optics didn't look good there either. Like you're walking, yeah, you know, absolutely ridiculous. So that will never happen again. Metal detectors are gone, <laughs> and people actually have to vote in the House chambers. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying these things. But bottom line, Gary, <laughs> thank God for the election results in the House. So what's been going on with President Joe Biden recently? Oh, Gary, I tell you, some people, they can't take victory and they may turn it into defeat or defeat. In the, I'm not sure what the term is, but bottom line, if it is, <laughs> President Biden was actually creeping up in the polls. Maybe because he wasn't visible, you know, fake holiday season and all that. But people were in a better mood or whatever. And then after the first of the year, we find out that the American people were not told something of pretty significant importance of an event that happened literally two months ago that probably would have altered the election results. Now, it's not a rumor. If it were a rumor, you could say, hey, no, we can't talk about that a week before the election, because you know, it may not be true. You know, so we can't talk about that and sway hundreds of thousands, millions of Americans to vote a certain way or for a certain party. We can't do that. Everyone would be in agreement. But what happened on November 2nd? The federal officials, our law enforcement, the Biden administration all knew, but they didn't tell us. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they all knew, but they didn't tell us. Because... They knew if they did tell us, they would have gotten their butts kicked, literally. What happened on November 2nd, Gary, was that the Biden lawyers turned over classified documents, top secret documents, sensitive information type documents, and Biden's office, his former office at the University of Pennsylvania, an office in which he uh, had a center there. Uh, promptly after becoming president of the United States, the president of, of Penn was made an ambassador to Germany. The chairman of the board of trustees at Penn was also made an ambassador. I don't know how that works. But anyhow, bottom sure they were well qualified. So bottom line of it is um, that was, a, I hate to use the word criminal offense, but I don't know the word. It's, it's breaking the law. You're not supposed to do that. Now, yes, we all heard about the hoopla about oh, Trump having all these documents of Mar-a-Lago. Where did Trump have them? He had it in the safe. Did everyone knew where, where it was, right? Yeah, they knew where it was. What did they tell him? They tell him to put another lock on the safe. And so, okay, so it was in a confined area. It was secure. It was locked. The federal government knew where it was. The timeliness of when it was going back to the federal government. That could be argued. The back and forth. Oh, raid. Uh, so if you listen to one version of that story, some people seem on the Trump side to be a little surprised over the raid of his office by FBI agents because they thought they were still negotiating or working things. To, well, yeah, forget about that. Bottom line of it is the Biden people have been allowed to have their own lawyers. <laughs> this, is, this is really funny. <laughs> they had their own lawyers do the investigation. Their own lawyers turn over the evidence. Oh. You know, I said in my column, Gary Al Capone, 
the most notorious and infamous criminal in American history, he would have loved to have this. Let's see. Uh, you mean I can I can have my guys go over and see if Louis uh, didn't have an accident when he fell on the knife? You can see if Louis didn't shoot himself in the head, in the back of his head. Uh, I could I have evidence like that. Let me go get it for you. No, it doesn't work like that. It did for Biden. So they were able to, to do their own investigation, find their own evidence, turn it in and say, hey, because I um, you know, found the evidence and turned it all in, you know, everyone's supposed to be happy with this. And no, we don't even know what's in the documents. Not that we should. They're, they're top secret sensitive documents, classified documents. But someone does know. But those people who have top secret clearances, they do know. And it can't be that good, okay? That's why it's marked like that. I wasn't happy when Donald Trump had had his problems with the with with turning over his his documents of similar ilk. It's not right, okay? <laughs> Let's put it this way: when you have laws, you're supposed to try and do your best to abide by them. That's why they're called laws, okay? And you don't want the highest person in the land breaking laws. Now, we've had this in the past, Gary. And the people say, well, the breaking law, the vice president. No, we've had vice presidents arrested while in office. We've had vice presidents arrested after they left office. Yeah, I mean, vice presidents of the United States of America. So it's not that we don't try to treat all people the same. Now, presidents, they usually bow up before they, they see the writing on the wall and they leave. Oh, that's not right, because there's another man who, we won't get into that, because that's another topic for another day. But Getting back to the main point, then later on, they found more documents in December, this time in his garage next to his Corvette. Then they found more documents, and that was in his residence in Wilmington, Delaware. Bottom line, there's like five batches of, of these documents. Oh, forgot one main point. As President, President Biden said during the course of, of Trump's problems with the same type of matter, you know, I, I just don't know how anyone could be that irresponsible. Uh, is that the pot calling the kettle black or what? <laughs> Are you going to at least come in front of the American people and explain that statement and say, you know, maybe I got out there on the limb when I was talking about Trump since I've done the same thing. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't realize the hypocrisy. He does realize the hypocrisy, but he doesn't realize that a third grader can figure this out. And it's not good for a third grader to be able to figure out that your president, the president of the United States, is not even going to say what. Let, let that third grader figure, come up with the conclusion that he would have or she would have about a person who would say something like that and do the same thing. And never apologize for it. Forget about apologizing. He's blaming it on the staffer. I mean, come on, fall on your own sword. Man up, huh? Man up. Don't be blaming on the other people. You are the guy, okay? I'm not I'm not talking about anything that I'm not talking about tape recorders or, or laptops. I'm not talking about that. But you are the guy, and you should not be blaming things on others. Unless you're gonna publicly bring these others out and have these others say, Yes, I did this. I put I, I looked at I'm not qualified, but I took classified documents and I just put them in the box. Let them sit there for six years, move them a few times, and <laughs> I mean, it just makes no rational sense whatsoever. Now, came out on Thursday and said, hey, well, you know, in the 
one one newspaper. Well, I mean, one one TV outlet said it was extemporaneous speaking. No, he had his, he opened up his notebook and he read like a paragraph, and that was his. And he was like, everyone was like, oh my, all the liberals were like, oh my god, he responded, he responded, he responded, he responded, he responded. He didn't say a damn thing, except his classic line of, "There's no there there." <laughs> I can't get over this guy because bottom line of it is the following day, FBI searched his his residence in Wilmington, Delaware to find if they were there there. I guess they wanted to know if there was there there. And guess what? There was there there. Did I get that right? Yeah, there was there there. They found more documents. Now, oh, oh, the press, his lawyers who accompanied him said, well, you know, this was a voluntary FBI search. Okay, so that's better than an involuntary FBI search. Okay, okay, that's okay, okay, I get it, I get it. Found more documents. So this saga will continue. Thank God that they got rid of the Al Capone approach. Of, you know, I'll figure out that tell. So Al had come up with his own evidence as to why, you know, Louis shot himself in the back of his head with a, with a, with a, with a gun. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever to have the person who committing the crime actually produce evidence of his crime um, without any authorities being involved. Doesn't make much sense. So they did change from that, which is a blessing, because maybe now we'll be able to actually well, we know for a fact they're taking this more seriously than they were back on November 2nd. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.